magical place we could go. So close your eyes and make a wish for the skies with the angriest, flappiest birds and the seas with ridiculous fish. The Dutch Arcade Show is here again. slunk <laughs> hey guys what is up and welcome to the touch arcade so episode number 501 aka version number 500.1 uh extra super i didn't get any sleep edition this is why you don't so have that's kids. where we're at with this one should have thought uh, about that five years ago should have thought about how much i value sleeping before i had a child yeah, <laughs> yeah. i agree actually <laughs> that is 100% the truth. Uh, yeah, little guy's having was having some problems last night. Woke up. What's interesting is every I two seconds. If you would have asked me like what you value over everything, I would say sleep. I mean, that is how you got the nickname Sleepy Jared. It's been. It seems. <clears throat> it seems like poor planning. Yeah, I if I wish I could take it back. You know, you Wish should... I could take that child having back. <laughs> it's like, um, this is uh, uh, wandering dangerously close into the like, opening scene of Labyrinth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I uh, um, I like sleeping. And one thing you do the least of after you have a kid is sleep. You know, and so um, some, nobody told me that. I, I used to work with a guy that had... Um, I think it's called an au pair or something like that, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. Um, I guess I don't know the full ins and outs of this. Right. But um, I guess it's like what you do is you get someone from another country that like wants to immigrate to the United States, but mm-hmm. like doesn't have the money to do it. And mm-hmm. you like basically put them up in your house mm-hmm. and like, it's expected that you pay for like their room and board more or less. And then mm-hmm. they like take care of your kids and, your house and stuff <laughs> which like i i always kind of looked at that as like holy fuck man that is like that is like the sign of a extremely wealthy person is to have like live-in child care right but uh-huh. then like after but that's me not as a, a non-kid haver but after uh-huh. hearing like how expensive daycare is and stuff like that mm-hmm. um you know if you've got like two people at work and stuff and you've got two kids and they well, both are in daycare yeah. or whatever like and that's just your normal monthly expenditure for childcare. Like mm-hmm. it's wildly affordable instead mm-hmm. to have someone that just like lives at your house and just does that. Yeah. If you have a place to put them up. Yeah. Childcare is ridiculous. I don't so. know, but I also kind of get it now. Like we had, uh, um, my son's cousins, uh, Pam's sister's kids who are twin boys who are three. Um, she dropped them off and they spent the night a couple of weeks ago, had a slumber party. Oh my God. Just dealing with three kids. So I couldn't <laughs> even imagine a daycare where it's like, we have like 12 kids running around all at the same time or be a kindergarten teacher or yeah. preschool. Like, Oh my God. Yeah. I was, I was Nightmare. just really extremely surprised to find out that like, depending on where you live and like the cost of childcare in that area, like doing this au pair situation can be a savings. 
Yeah. Which is like, how the fuck is that even possible? I could see that. Um, yeah, there was some, there was some Reddit thread that was like someone looking for advice. And it was basically like, um, my wife works at a childcare place. That's her job. And so we get a discounted rate on, uh, Childcare, and we have four kids, and it's so it's like fourteen hundred bucks a month for their childcare or whatever. The non-discounted rate is something like five thousand eight hundred dollars or or whatever. And so, I if I remember right, his question was something along the lines of like, she doesn't really want to work there anymore; she wants to go somewhere else. But if she goes somewhere else, how much does she need to make to make up the difference so that we can still afford the childcare like it was the discounted rate or whatever? And it was it was some crazy equation that everyone was coming up with. It was basically like, don't switch jobs. Like, if you're getting that kind of a discount on your childcare, you need to stay there, uh, whether you like it or not. That's wild, <laughs> man. Crazy. Yeah. Um, but I also kind of get it. Like, I mean, uh, tonight is actually Pam's last night of work. Um, she's taking the rest of the year off. Our new baby is due. September 4th is the actual date, but it's like in an any day now situation. Any time now. Like a, could break into the podcast. Any Oh, it could it could be any time. It could be right now during this podcast. Uh, and yeah, very likely that probably have to miss an episode here coming up in the next month. But um, yeah, I'll record anyway, one with Brad. I'll dig up please, Brad's corpse. Dig up Brad. I uh, actually have a funny story about that. But um, I... Uh, What's I saying? Oh man, I am out of my mind tired. Well, right why don't now. we why don't we dig uh-huh. into some of the emails from last week since we got okay. um, so many, and it seems like we've gotten more since then. We got some more, and we got some long ones. Just forward, and, uh, just forward shit to me so I can read it, dude. I don't know why you're stressing your brain out. So you're like, you're like right now. I don't know why you want to read them so bad. What is your email? Uh, Eli, Eli at whatever hod.app. Yeah, that works. Um, the I just know that your brain right now, when you haven't slept, is kind of like a MacBook Air that has the fans running at a hundred percent. You're just well, beach, I, you're just beach balling. Start reading, bud. All right, well, forward me one. I'll fucking read it. I just did. All right, cool. Uh, this is from Randy. Oh, Randy. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, this is long. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm not pre-reading this at all. So if Randy goes off onto some inappropriate tirade, this is uh, this is not my words. It's Randy's words. <laughs> all right. So he says, hey, Eli and Jared, congrats on the amazing achievement. I'm listening to your podcast since around 2010, and it's been one heck of a ride. I remember the pre-Brad days where it hadn't found its footing. Then it got the Nicholson bump, and then Mike came along. And it's been quite a while uh, since even then. I can confirm we all know way too much about you guys, but it's been comfort- a comforting podcast that I put on when doing dishes or on a bike ride or just need to unwind. As a professional game designer and developer, I also remember all those free drink tickets at the GDC Touch Arcade parties long ago. Um, I've been around mobile gaming since the beginning. My favorite internship was at a company called Floodgate Entertainment in 2008 helping making games for dumb phones. We made a crude mobile we made crude mobile variants on popular mobile games like Game of Life, NASCAR Civilization, and competed for space on Verizon's list of 20-ish titles. Oh man, remember carrier billing portals? Mm-hmm. What a nightmare. Um, we said we had a literal wall of devices that QA had to test and we made several versions of each game to support the countless types of hardware uh, and form factor. And uh, he says the QA phones went in these clear 
placket organizers you can hang on walls kind of like the things you'd hang shoes in on the back of a door not a bad idea uh he says my internship coincided with the launch of the app store and i remember everything changing for us when it launched as my internship ended the company was scrambling to get their various casual pc games on it with this epic 320 by 480 resolution I spent a year after college working for Digital Chocolate, a pretty big company which dished iPhones for Facebook a couple months after I joined in 2009 um, during the peak of Facebook craze. They did not survive. That's interesting because... I didn't know you worked for Digital Chocolate. I remember them. Yeah. They, um, <clears throat> they chose poorly, I guess. Um, Floodgate led to me getting a gig with the indie group Tiger Style, where I got to make Spider, The Secret of Bryce Manor, Waking Mars, and contribute to Spider, Right of Shrouded Moon. Tiger Style was a huge highlight of my career, including seeing the icon I made for Spider at the top of Apple's game page at the end of that year and standing on stage at GDC after winning the IGF Mobile Award. I says, relevant side note, but one of my favorite things about that company is how many women there were on the team, like lead, anima- like lead animator and artists and writers, and now we had a diverse and realistic set of characters for Waking Mars. Yeah, that was actually... Um, you know, before anyone really put a lot of emphasis on that, like, you know, I remember like Waking yeah. Mars had like the, like Asian main character and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, uh, the, I still remember very, very vividly, like listening to, uh, I think it was GDC Austin back before that was called GDC online where, um, I don't remember which of the tiger style guys, maybe it's both of them gave the talk on the way that their company was structured mm-hmm. and I, I still think that's like one of the coolest things i've ever heard where it's like almost kind of like it was almost like a co-op in a way and that yeah. like um your stake of the game was dependent on like your basically your hours build working on it mm-hmm. you know so say like i don't know like it's gonna be hard to come up with examples for this i guess but like you know if you had 10 people working on the game uh total uh, you know, it was a hundred hours of work and everyone did 10 hours of that, then everyone got 10%. But if like, you know, if you did more than that, you got a percentage representative of like your hours that you put in, which I, I don't know. I always thought that was a really cool way to, to structure things. But, um, anyway, he says, I made a few small mobile games on my own, but since 2015, I've mostly worked on other platforms. I still have a mobile, I still have mobile games brewing, but it got very difficult monetizing a premium title five to seven years ago. And it's tough to compete in the freemium space. Yeah, no shit. Um, but all the time I've kept up with y'all and I think mobile games, uh, remain in, uh, I think mobile remains an amazing gaming device. It's insane to me that the wider games industry, this day, uh, considers mobile games second class when it's had its lion's share of market of the market for years now. I know monetization and audience discovery works very differently than elsewhere, but even still, it's incredible to think only a handful of sites like yours are holding down the fort. So I'm raising a Coors or whatever cheap beer Eli's drinking uh, to the whole Touch Arcade crew for, crew for everything you've done for so long. Best wishes, Randy O. So that's actually um, recording early in the it's day Randy today. O. So it is a Diet Mountain mm. Lightning from Walmart. 67 cents mm. for two liter. The best value in soda. Yellow number five. Uh, they also make it very clear on the label that this does not contain juice. Mm. No juice. No juice. 0%. Why would you expect juice for 67 cents? I mean, let's be real. (laughs) Uh, Randy also sends a follow-up that says, oh, yeah, winning game of the year from you guys obviously was a highlight. (laughs) But I never got to stand on a stage for it. Because, yeah. That's cool. I didn't know he made the icon. Randy's been a staple Mm -hmm. at, like, various Touch Arcade GDC things, like, forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am inspired now. I think both of us own basically every iPhone want to get one of these sleeves and display them because they're all just in like a tub in my closet right now 
That'd just, be kind of cool to have but, uh, all the iPhones displayed in your plastic shoe sleeve. <laughs> what freaks your me closet. out about that is, um, you know, now that you have these aging devices with batteries that are like swelling and stuff like They're that. They're all going to bloat. Yeah. Yeah. Like, God, I, I would, I would not at all be surprised if like one day we just came home, the house was burnt down and then like, you know, whatever yeah. investigator comes out for the insurance. It's like, oh yeah, this is weird. You have this like box of phones in a closet that seemed like it just <laughs> caught on fire. <laughs> It was, you keep it next to your box of oily rags. Yeah. I don't know. It's like, oh, it seems weird to store your phones under your fireworks, but sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Uh, thanks, Randy O. Longtime friend of Touch Arcade. And uh, happy that you shared your experiences with us. We'll go on to this next one, which is, oh, man, this is one of my favorites. Um, Joshua wrote a poem for us. Oh, nice. I don't know if you read this yet or not, but this is great. Uh, every week I tune in to kick it with my bros, Eli and Jared, on the Touch Arcade show. The banter is the best you'll find on the net, and the gaming reviews are the best that you'll get. What games in, are good and which ones are not, to whatever the fuck Eli just bought. They cover <laughs> everything from indies to ports, while shilling Game Club, Noodle Cake, and Mikey Shorts. With 500 episodes, entertainment aplenty but none could ever top episode 420. It makes my day every time it comes on, so throw them some bucks on the show's Patreon. <laughs> How great is that? Thanks like... for everything you do, and keep up the good work. P.S. I actually live in Sacramento, so if Jared wants to grab a beer sometime, and of course, Eli, if he's in town, holler. Yeah, I would love to Josh. go to Sacramento, hang out with anyone. Yeah, you need to do another another Sacramento tour. It's a, a lot different now. <laughs> There's yeah. far more homeless people. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> you don't want to go anywhere that we you went the last time you're here. Um, Josh, what up? Thank you for this poem. We need like it, someone with a uh, uke to turn that into a song, dude. This should be the new. I have. We both have ukes. We, we could we do, do a duet and make this the new intro song. I know. Uh, we'll see how that comes out because we both have these amazing singing voices. Yeah. Um, Anywho, that was badass. Thanks, Josh. And uh, yeah, we should get a beer sometime. If I, let's see, I have a toddler and then a newborn coming this month. Um, so I'll call you the next time I have free time, which is be like two decades from now. <laughs> I hope you're still alive in 2037. Yeah, yeah we'll get that beer. Uh, thanks, Josh. Here, let me, I'll, we'll alternate. I'll forward this one to you now for doing reading. Um I figured out how to forward. Figure out how to figure out forward emails. Um. Well, I haven't gotten anything yet, so you should probably think about doing this ahead of time. Give the internet time. Give the internet time. Email is instant, Jared. It's not that instant. Oh my gosh! I have to go through some tubes. Need to check my spam. Oh, I just got it. (laughs) It was not in spam. (laughs) Um, I better not go to your spam. No, I actually have a filter that just sends anything from Jared straight to the trash. That's the way um, it should be. All right. So this is from Ryan. He says, hey, Jared and Eli, I remember back when the first episode of the Touch Arcade show was released. And while I wasn't a big fan of, I wasn't a big podcast person back then, I really loved reading your articles. I was a dopey 11-year-old kid with an iPod Touch, which was the most amazing thing in the world to me back then. Just looking for fun games to play, and somehow I stumbled across your glorious app. A heck of a lot has changed with Touch Arcade, with mobile gaming, and with your lives over the last 10 plus years, but the fact that you've been there all along, uh, or all along the way, has been a real joy. 
Now I'm a dopey 22 year old just out of college. And if there's one big takeaway I have from all these years, it's the value of doing something you love. It's truly awesome that you guys get to talk about something you're genuinely interested in this week. I guess I have a lot to say, but I mostly just want to say thank you. Oh, and congrats on making it halfway to a thousand episodes. P.S. The, <laughs> the app still sits on my phone because it makes me smile when I see it. And despite all odds, I refuse to give up hope that one day it makes its spectacular return. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, I miss the app so much. God, I, I can't think of a bigger dream crush in my life than the app getting hosed by Apple and yeah. uh, not ever getting featured or anything like that because we created that app and put a lot of time and money into, you know, designing it. And um, it was on the heels of the App Shopper app, which did amazing. Oh, did yeah. Amazing downloads. Apple yeah, featured yeah. it multiple times. It was like this great like it was a great utility app or whatever. And so our app was sort of like did a lot of the same things, but also everything to do with Tetricade, all the articles, all the top 10 li- or uh, hot games lists and stuff. And the watch list especially was was super uh, useful for when games came out or when games went on sale. And so uh, super frustrating to go through all that and release the app and just have it not do anything. I think we had such high expectations for it. So. Well, I mean, it's hard to, I mean, the, the irritating thing about that was, you know, like from, it really kind of showed us the different levels of Apple, I guess, because like the yeah. people that, that we always, that we knew, you know, that come to our GDC parties and everything else, the people that were in like the game stuff, like love yeah. touch arcade, you know, thought the app was super cool. Like, you know, it was nothing but like, like high fives the whole way around. Right. But then like, you know, when it came out, it was just like, I don't know, I guess featuring and, app store approval decisions and everything else just comes from like a completely different level of the company that no one has anything to do with. And yeah, just like, Oh, neat. Okay, cool. Like very, very frustrating. We actually, it was interesting with the game club app. We had very similar issues with, uh, that we did with the touch arcade app where like basically really Apple's, uh, app store approval team has basically just pissed on anything that displays apps inside of it as, looking and functioning like the app store and it's just not allowed. And that's so stupid to me because it's like, I don't know what they're scared of. And like the touch arcade app was like, drove people to buy apps. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like track them and then pick them up later, which is something that like the regular app store, you can't, they don't right. have I mean, that was, anymore. That so was like, the thing. like I could see if we were like genuinely like, duplicating functionality, of the app store, but like, yeah, you know, they didn't have like, uh, any anything that you could do like like you couldn't like bookmark something on the app store to buy it later or like any of the other stuff like that you which know? seems so basic like why yeah. wouldn't you have that sort of functionality like, and they still don't have wishlist functionality do they or does it, do they finally the, it there was a wishlist for a long time that they took away yeah. and i don't think it ever came back but it also wasn't very it was like semi-useful not it not as good as ours that gave you like alerts and stuff so yeah yeah yeah, it's always really stupid. It's like, oh man, you guys are you made this great app that makes people buy give us more money. So we're gonna we're not okay with that. Like what? Like, dude, we uh whatever. I don't even want to get into it, but it is what it all is. All right, thanks Ryan for uh sending in. Um we got a a long one. Are you ready to strap in for this I'm one? I'm ready for a long one. Okay, and this is from Twister, Hacker Alias Twister with the three for an E. Oh, yeah. um, Who also uh, pinged us in Discord. What up, Twister? Uh, Says, hi, Eli and Jared. And if you are able to contact them, hi, Brad and Mike. 
I've been wanting to write to the podcast mailbox for a very long time, but have been too shy or introverted or whatever to actually do it until now. 500 episodes. Congratulations. And above all, thank you for all this. I apologize in advance as this might be a bit long and my phrasing might be weird as English is not my native language. That uh, you're doing great. <laughs> this is yeah. already much better worded than most native English speaker speaking people I talk to. Um, I've been a listener since close to the beginning, iPhone 3G days, and have listened every week ever since. Memories, memories. The very first iPhone app I bought was with with money was recommended by Touch Arcade. I remember I was quite scared at first to use money on the very new app store. Oh, it was a shoot 'em up game, Platypus. Oh man, I love Platypus. That was like that claymation. Yeah, that was um, good shooting game dang that's crazy uh that's funny because that was like i think a psp game and it was like a big deal that it was coming to iphone i was like oh my god a real game um as for the podcast i couldn't find which was the first episode i listened to but i just distinctly remember that i found brad absolutely obnoxious and insufferable but with the second episode i listened to i somehow absolutely loved him and his style and the touch arcade show became one of my favorite podcasts and i've listened ever since I love but Brad, don't worry, but I, I would describe him as insufferable, too. That's fine. Insufferable and obnoxious is yeah. totally Brad. Um, but don't worry. I love all of you, Jared, Eli, and, of course, Mike. I've never met you, but you all feel like good old friends to me by now. And getting to listen to your voices every week has given me a friendly place I like to be in every week. So you've played an important part in my life in that weird way, and I'm very thankful for the time you put in every week to give us all the podcasts. I can't – it blows my mind reading stuff like that where I'm like, dude – Thank you. <laughs> I can't believe that people like spend time with us every week like this. It's so weird to me still. Um, about Touch Arcade Memories, I want to share. It has to be about mobile games. I love hearing you talk about fishing or baseball or home renovation or whatever, even though I don't give a shit personally about those things. But it's about Touch Arcade now, so here's about touch-based mobile games. I dug up this screenshot of a classic iOS game that I wanted to share with you. An old save, and I don't play it anymore, but I've spent many hours in this world with these characters. The game author has been talking about it again on Twitter a few weeks back for some reason. Eli, I wonder if Game Club might be able to get that one. Do you recognize this? I bet you do. It is a screenshot that to me looks like uh, Blockheads, Dave Frampton's like Minecrafty game. Remember oh, Blockheads? Isn't, isn't that still? Is that not still going? I think it's still going. I think it just hasn't maybe hasn't been updated in a long time, but I do think it still works. I yeah, don't know we, if it's quite game club fodder. We talked but, um, to him about that. It was actually kind of in the works. The the problem with Blockheads is that like Game Club was trying to avoid games that had like big server infrastructure. Which stuff. his does, and, yeah. And yeah, Blockheads is kind of like a MMO sort of side scrolly Minecraft kind of online yeah. thing. And yeah. like, if, if I recall correctly, like Dave, like actually wanted someone else to maintain it because like the server, stru- the server stuff was just kind of overwhelming to, to keep up. Yeah. <clears throat> As opposed yeah, to like, I, uh, he's working on some, some new thing that I don't remember the title of it off the top of my head, but it looks cool. Yeah. I, um, played the heck out of blockheads when it first came out and, um, it was super, super good. And then I remember it like went viral or something like that, which I think caused all the crazy, uh, server problems and, and stuff like that. But I haven't really thought about it in a long time. Yeah. Um, he has uh, this screenshot has a, <laughs> a team of characters that uh, there's a Jared, a Brad and Eli <laughs> and a Mike. And I, I have like a fruit hat on. It looks like the Chiquita banana fruit lady <laughs> or whatever. Nice. <laughs> Anywho. So yeah, sorry, Jared. I have no clue what's going on with your hat. That was years and years ago. That's so funny to me that someone would like make a team of us's <laughs> in their game that they're playing. I love that. 
Um, another one, a very big one for me personally, I'm sure you recognize this too. That is a screenshot of Mikey Shorts. Would recognize it anywhere. Um, the screenshot is not from my account. I have all-starred and golden shorted every everything, and I'll allow myself to brag for once. I got extremely good at that game. Nice. This is from my son's account. Oh, wow. Uh, Mikey Shorts was the first serious game he's ever played at four, and those above are the traces of the first video game levels he has ever completed in his life. That's he's really nine cool. now, and I'm tearing up. That's really Dude, cool. that is... That's sort of what we were talking about when we came up with this idea to send us in your memories or whatever. Like, when you were a kid, you played Mikey Shorts, 100% of everything, and then you had a kid who was four, old enough to start playing games, and started playing the same game that you were playing, all on mobile games. Like, yeah, that's cool. We've been around a long time. That's super cool. Anyway, so awesome. Mikey Shorts is, in my opinion, the absolute best first game because you cannot die by, the, by design, but also one of the absolute best extreme hardcore games for completionists, thanks to the perfect movement and speedrun mechanics. What an incredible game. Thank you so much, Mike, and also thank you so much, Mike. And yes, thank you so much, Touch Arcade, for making this game possible and then in introducing it to all of us. That's another crazy thing is that those guys met on Touch Arcade and Mikey mm -hmm. Shorts exists at yeah. all because of our website. Yeah, um, that's really neat. So many other mobile games recommended on the podcast have been important to me. Games I played for hours and hours. The Secret of Bryce Manor. Oh, Spider. Oh, yeah. Spider, The Secret of Bryce Manor. Space Miner, Crashlands, Notes Pattern. Those are all Game of the Year. Touch Arcade Games of the Year. Oh, yeah. Uh, far too many to mention them all, but each one is linked to so many gaming memories. In no particular order, Terror Battle, Starborn Anarchist, The Room Series, Solomon's Keep, Skyforce, Mage Gauntlet, League of Evil. Sometimes you die, Rickless, Fishing Spells... Spell Sword, Plants vs. Zombies, Helsing's Fire, and of course the best game in the universe and the surroundings, Hodapi Bird. Oh, yeah. Mobile gaming has been awesome. Yeah, Hodapi Bird. Man, Why Starboard. games have not bring that back? Starboard. I bet Anarchist. you asked Paul about it, huh? Did you ask Paul? Yeah, I just, I mean, there's just no reason to fiddle around with a Flappy Bird game. Oh, yeah, well. Starboard I mean, Anarchist is so freaking good, though. I haven't, I totally forgot about that game. Like, the that? mechanic of, like, building your ship like Legos was so yeah. cool. I, um,. That got updated, I want to say, not too long ago after being sort of not updated for a really long time. And oh, I re, cool. I re-got into it. And um, it's so hard, dude. It's so hard. But uh, it's so fun to just mess around with your ship build and try crazy stuff. Um, oh, yeah, it is still yeah, on the App Store. Good stuff. Oh, Starborn cool. Anarchist is a really good game. Um, where was I? There was that. We're almost done. This is a very long email. There was that long period in my life during which I could not really play PC games. And during that time, mobile games and touch arcade has been so important to me. So thank you from the bottom of my heart for all you have been doing for the mobile gaming community, for gaming in general, and for the touch arcade readers and listeners like me. You mentioned the possibility of maybe stopping at episode 500. I hope you don't, of course, but if you have to or want to, or even without any reason at all, I would totally respect that. But that would be another part of my life going away. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind if you would make it another 500. Whatever you decide, I intend to continue to listen as long as you release episodes. I have no clue how to conclude an email like this. I'll just say, let's drive this bus over the overpass or something like that. Hell, yeah. Twister. And then he says, P.S. The proof that I'm good at Mikey Shorts. And it's all his 100% uh, at everything screenshots. So, nice. yeah, Twister with a three for an E. Thank you for that super long but super awesome email. And yeah, thank that's you for cool. listening for that's so perfect. long. Love hearing stories about uh, weird mobile gaming memories. I don't know. It still trips me out that we've been around for as long as we have. Um, 
What would you like to do now? I haven't been paying attention to the time. Should we read some more? Should we sure. save some for next week? Yeah, send, my, uh, send, send me one or two. Let me send now. you this next one. This is uh, also from a developer friend of the show. Uh-oh. Let's see. That's never good. This whole forwarding emails thing is like, wow. It's like a whole, a whole new world. I whole mean, imagine, imagine what's possible now that you've learned how to forward an email. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, where are you, where are you even, really, it's the sky's the limit from here, Jared. Pretty I soon, can share emails with anybody now. Pretty soon I can you'd be forward like, those uh, chain emails. Be creating uh, folders on your desktop and organizing your files and... Whoa, um, you should show me how to do that one sometime. All this stuff. Uh, oh, cool, yeah, this is from uh, this is from Travis at uh, Dumpling that uh, made Dashy Crashy and stuff. So he says... Uh, Hey, happy 500. That's nuts. As a self-funded indie down to our last dime, punting our game into a jam-packed holiday season was deemed incredibly naive by many. Uh, We'd recently started Dumpling and created a procedurally generated arcade driving game. Bright and colorful, it wasn't like the majority of the boy racers out there. We couldn't stop playing it, and we hoped that others would give it a shot, too. See Dashy Crashy selected his game of the week. And on any, on any week would have been incredibly humbling, but that holiday week blew us away. Honestly, the most reassuring thing as a developer is when people actually play your game. Many don't, and give it a shot, even during the busiest times of the year. Tetrakis Dust represents that even the smallest indie with something cool and fun has a, has a shot, because you guys gave it a shot. Um, our industry needs more champions like Tetracade. Thank you, Tetracade, And to Jared and Eli for steering the ship. See you at 1,000. Um, That's... Uh... Dashy Crashy cool. is such a good game. Yeah, I um, I it's like one of the, it's like one of my guilty pleasure games that I still play. Like when I'm just like fucking around, like in line or whatever, just looking for something to screw around with for a couple of minutes. Like Dashy Crashy is uh, up there with uh, with the rest of them. Yeah, always good. Just firing it up and hearing the announcer uh, lady's voice makes me happy. Yeah, and uh, they done a really good job of adding a bunch of new features to it and stuff over the years so yeah i uh i think that some of the uh so dashy crashy and tape it up those are those are like my two tape it up my two dumb games that i I still play all the all the freaking time yeah um you saw there was a tape it up sequel right was it really box it up you gotta uh look at it was the game of the week when it came out let me see um, yeah, it was a weird situation with Tape It Up where um, the people that made that game and the publisher kind of stopped working with each other hmm. because the publisher actually released another game that got crazy popular. And so I think they were sort of like, well, whatever. We don't have time for this other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so Tape It Up could never get updated again. And so they decided to make like a spiritual successor, which is what Box It Up is. It's very similar in a lot of ways, but it's uh, able to keep being updated and stuff like that. Highly suggest checking out Box It Up. Oh, I like how when um, you when you load it, it has like a almost like a DOS boot up screen. Is this kind of like yeah. loading screen? <laughs> um, also, at the end of Travis's email, he mentions that they are working on making a um, like a plus version of Dashy Crashy in the hopes that Apple would want to add it to Apple Arcade, which I mm. think is interesting. It's a free to play game, but it's very like crossy road. I would call it like you know, play and collect stuff and slowly unlock new cars and things like that. Um, it's never been like a gross free to play game in any way, but, um, I could see a, a non free to play version being pretty cool. Um, so that's kind of neat 
content to see how that works out. Apple, if anybody Apple is listening, you should look up the people at Dumpling. Oh, yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> they got the goods. So um, I'd say box it up. I like tape it up better. I mean, box it up is, seems good, but... Box it up, you have to... You gotta pay... You can't just open it up and play it for two seconds. You gotta, like, pay a little more attention to it, but it is good, but it's not quite the same as taped up. Um, we got three more of these. Should we get, just get through them? Sure. Should we do it? Yeah, let's go. Uh, another developer friend of the show also... Um, frequently shilling his products. This is Ryan from Noodle Cake. Oh, great. He emails in and says, uh, fashion really late on this as expected because he only emailed a couple days ago. <laughs> I've got a lot of fond memories of TA over the years, but the evolution of GDC friendship definitely stands out. In the early days, Noodle Cake was a small fish in a big pond of uber successful indie devs like Imanji, Half Brick, and too many to name off. I assume it was Arn's decision but the year TA through the big party stands out. It was one of the first big parties we had got an invite to and was a quick lesson that any large party with free drinks big is basically party. going to be overrun oh. by ad and service tech game bros. I remember Arlen, Jared. Party. Yeah, I, I that well, we'll talk about that in a minute. Arlen and Jared rubbed beers together, much to Jared's dismay, and Eli looked out on the crowd of tech chads with a look of utter disgust. From there, though, things evolved into smaller, more personal meetups that were always marked on my calendar as a must-attend. Even if it was just to stop by quick to trade stickers, talk nonsense with buddish scotch shenanigans, listen to Keppa or Mike Mead talk utter nonsense, or run away from the aspiring game devs looking to pitch me something while all I wanted to do was have a beer in peace. Here's the 500 more episodes, but more importantly, more lunches at Tempest and late-night hotel bar therapy sessions. Oh, yeah. Cheers. Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. We love you, brother. Um... Yeah, I love you know a lot of the friendships we've made with people through in-person events, which feels like a lifetime ago. But um, yeah, it was funny because for the first like four or five years of Touch Arcade, it was just growing each year like crazy, yeah. like leaps and bounds. And we'd have little get-togethers and stuff like that, and they kind of got bigger and bigger each year until – and they were like the Marriott lobby meetups that we sort of outgrew that space because so many people started showing up. Yeah, and so I remember the, the – big party. Was the big party the one at um, the uh, Mina, Mina, Gallery. Mina Gallery? Oh, that's we, not the one that I'm thinking of then. Oh, uh, I was. Are I you thinking he, of the one that Waz went to? Well, no, that was that was the first party that we did. That was like yeah. the launch party almost. But um, mm-hmm. no, I was I, I was thinking of the one the time that we did like the open bar at the Marriott. Remember and like oh, and yeah. fucking every dipshit on the planet like was coming yeah. and just like ordering drinks on our tab. And it's like, Oh, who are you? Oh, I just staying here. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, I, do you guys know what a touch arcade is? And we're like, yep, we do. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, we, there's definitely been a couple of those too, where, um, I don't know. Free drinks is just a recipe for getting people you don't want to hang out with at your party. Yeah. Um, honestly, the people like, you want to hang out with don't mind yeah. just buying a beer for themselves. So, yeah, it's the, almost like stupid to do. But I, I think this party he's talking about is the one where um, we did it at the Minute Gallery and we did it um, cooperatively with Half Brick. Um, oh, and they, uh, yeah. I forgot there was like Half Brick themed drinks and stuff like that. But the, the Minute Gallery, they have a lot of parties there. I went to some before we did ours there or whatever. Um, it's small. Like it has, doesn't have a great capacity. And so all I remember 
it's showing yeah, that, up that to our sucks. own party and there's like a line around the building of people waiting to get in. And it's like all people I know who I consider friends who are just like, dude, what's up? We're in line. And I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. They're not letting more people in. Yeah. Cause I it, wish I could kick out some of the people I don't care about. That are yeah. Cause I think what happened is we, yeah, yeah. yeah now, that, now that you mentioned it, like what, what had happened is like all the, I think we got on some dumbass like party list or something. Uh huh. Yeah. And so it was like it was like every Dingleberry that you didn't know and didn't care about like rushed the place at like seven when it opened. Yeah. And like everyone that we actually wanted at the party were like out in fucking line. Yeah. And I I got bamboozled by Arn to stand at the door and like let people in as other people came out or something oh like that gosh. sort of like pick and choose from the line yeah, that's which awful. in some ways was fine because the people i knew was like okay let me hook you up but then the other people were like fuck you man let me in <laughs> i would have been waiting in line or whatever and it was just this really stupid thing i remember that people working the door that that worked for the gallery oh my God. were huge assholes I got if we uh, had even like ten percent of the money back that we spent on those dumbass parties that were just filled with boners, like I would be. I, anyway, that was like the culmination of like Touch Arcade's growth into the point of like, oh, we can have a real party, and it's like I never want to have this again. Like that year, I think we all felt the same of like I don't ever want to do that again. That was not fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because it uh, it, it was like, man, man, so much planning and overhead, like figuring out like, oh, what what food are they going to serve? Like, oh, we're getting a catering, like. I don't yeah. know, all this stuff. And I think that half break like paid for at least half of it, but still it was like, at least. Yeah. It was still, but it was just, not cheap. And, no. uh, it's so much not our, our style was so much more, Hey, show up at the Marriott lobby. If you're there, cool. If you're not, whatever, yeah. stay for as long or as little well, as you like. It was good. super casual. What was always good about the Marriott lobby too, is that it's like, there's basically no capacity limit there. Right. Like it's cause it's yeah, just it's this large. huge yeah. open space that yeah. no one's paying any attention to as far as like how many people are there, whatever versus like, and they wrecked it. Well, yeah. Versus like some bouncer bouncer. It's like, well, we're at 80. Uh, No one else can come in until someone else comes out. Yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. And it was like, you know, if you, if if there was like a lot of people there, there was different spaces people could expand to. Like Mm -hmm. you could just stand in the lobby or there was like different couches and stuff. There was like the meeting area. You go stand outside or yeah. Yeah, totally. It was so much more casual. So, Anyway, yeah. I've learned never want to actually do an industry party ever again in my life. Not that I think I'll have that opportunity, but yeah, that was, I, uh, I remember. And then we did we did one one year where we were like taking people's business cards to like. So we, I think it was the year after we did just like the complete open bar at the Marriott. We were like, all right, let's give out mm-hmm. wristbands instead. We did do that, oh, and that was also a pain. And that was also awful because it was like yeah. I remember. Like whoever was standing around with the wristbands, we were tra- we were trading a business card for a wristband to kind of like confirm yeah. that you at least like worked in mobile or something to yeah before yeah. you started drinking on us, um, and uh, then we but, but man you get people that just like would just hand you their business cards like oh what do you, what do you do oh I'm you know I'm a I don't know just something super irrelevant. I just heard yeah, this was a they're party. in the totally unrelated. And then, and then would like argue with you about like, well, I just want, I just want a bracelet. And I was like, all right, well, I'm yeah. not buying you drinks because you're yeah. like a, <laughs> you know, co-pilot with Delta, like get out of here. <laughs> we should have come up with like a quiz, like uh, name two things about Tetra Gate or, <laughs> or tell me what Tetra Gate is period. 
Better, and, better uh, yet, it, we should have actually had two bracelets. So, like, if you had an irrelevant business card, you would get another bracelet, and then that. So we knew. Then, yeah. then that you didn't get anything. Like when you tried to order at the bar, a they just like, letter. They just like gave you a bill, and they're like, "No, there's not free yeah. drinks." Like, what are you talking about? But no, I think it was that. I think it was that party that someone was ordering like fucking bottles. Yes. Uh, no, that was the year. Oh, maybe it was that year. But yeah, people were ordering full bottles of like super expensive liquor and oh stuff. My gosh, what a uh, what a douche! I ugh, I hate everything about that. Yeah. So um, anyway, so yeah, I much prefer don't host parties. Don't ever host parties. If we ever have parties again, I guess. Um, I just forwarded you one, and then oh, there's yeah. uh, one. This is another long one. Oh, Strap in. Yeah. Let's see. I'm glad you figured out how to forward an email, but you need to do it. Oh, here we go. Uh, All right. So this is uh, from David. And he says, hey, guys, since you're soliciting people to talk about what the podcast means to us, I will add my thoughts. I started listening when I finally entered the world of mobile games with the 4S. I feel like uh, that was a great time. I had a friend who had a 3G uh, or had the 3G and some games. uh, Wait a minute. I had a friend who had the 3G in some games, but the 4S generation uh, games were just way more mature and complex, and right before the free-to-play takeover as well. Uh, Back then, there were a lot of mobile game sites, but I think I saw someone recommend Touch Arcade, and since I had a long commute to work, I decided to try out the podcast. Might have been one of the first podcasts I ever listened to, and I've not missed a single episode since. From the beginning, I enjoyed both the game discussion and the banter from day one, with Brad talking about his latest fitness routine and Jared being known as the bearded one. It's funny to look back at when the joke of the podcast was when a dev dared to charge more than 99 cents for a game. I still remember Brad yelling, $2? What? That's half a glass of juice. (laughs) Yeah, we had a a good time making fun of the price complaining. That was... uh, It was yeah, a, good, a, a good time. He says, that was a fun time when it seemed like mobile would really take over traditional gaming. Lots of the big publishers are putting out high quality premium games on the service. And I even remember reading articles uh, saying how Steve Jobs was the most important figure in gaming. Back when Touch could sponsor huge parties with free alcohol and we're swimming in ad revenue. Yeah, just like we were talking, <laughs> talking about. about that. <laughs> then you slowly saw that erode into publishers focusing on free-to-play and trying to extract as much money as possible. I do wonder what an alternate timeline would be if Apple did never allow in-app purchases. That's a good yeah, question. That's great. I mean, remember, because they originally did not. You know, you had to have a pain. Yeah. They see Jobs' big thing was like free is free. Like if you have a free game, like a cat or free game or app, it can't cost money. It has to be paid if you're going to have additional payment uh, methods in it. Hmm. Um, which, yeah, it'd be interesting to think of what things would look like if that still is the case. But mm-hmm. um, he continues to say, when Brad left the podcast, I wondered if you guys would be able to keep the fun banter, but you've really done a great job. The mic era was fun, too. Since those days, I've gotten married and have a couple of twins, so my time for gaming is drastically reduced. And even though I won't play most of the games you guys talk about, I still enjoy hearing about your lives and the latest updates in the scene. In a way, it feels like I've known the two of you longer than my actual family. The kids are too young now, so I don't let them play with the phone, but I'm looking forward to when they're old enough to be able to do so and I can introduce them to the world of gaming. Uh, Here's to 500 more episodes. I'll listen to them forever. Also, Jared, you never did tell us the story of your Xbox. And I'm also wondering what happened to Eli's driveway in the end. Yeah, I think you you teased like your crazy crazy Xbox story and then like we didn't talk, talk about it or whatever. Yeah, I guess um, I ended up, uh, well, let's, I don't remember where I left off, but I, I did the dumb Xbox All Access thing through Walmart. They totally screwed it all up. 
and I ended up uh, getting an Xbox off eBay instead that got sent super fast, got it, worked great, played it a bunch last night actually, and um, tried to cancel all the all-access stuff through Walmart, and it's just been a huge pain in the ass. Like I sent them this email and was like, here's how, here's like a step-by-step like journey of how you screwed up, like yeah. all the different ways you have screwed up or whatever. And um, one of their support people emailed me back and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. We're canceling everything. We're canceling your credit account. We're canceling the charges. We're taking the credit hit off your credit report, blah, 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 all this stuff. Um, and I'm just still waiting for that to happen. Oh, yeah. geez, what a nightmare. Who knows if it ever will happen. Am I, am yeah, I, the, super nightmare. The driveway thing didn't really have too much of a resolution. Like they um, basically just sent some dude out that was like, oh, yeah, that's like $1,000 worth of damage or whatever they ended up paying me. And I was like, all right, fuck it, whatever. I don't, hmm. I don't care anymore. And they just gave me, gave me a little bit of money and told yeah. me to fuck off. Yeah. Which well, it's fine. You know, you can't have cracks in your driveway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's... uh. It's got the driveway's got like, since gotten dirty and stuff, so it really doesn't look that bad. I think I think yeah. like the the big issue was they basically just like scraped the dirt off the driveway, so it looked way worse than it actually was. Right. Yeah. So, uh, good memory for even remembering that story. <laughs> yeah. So thanks, David, for writing in and listening forever. Crazy. Good luck with those twins. I know that is difficult. Um, and then this is the last one we have. Last email. Thanks for sitting through all of this, listeners. Um, this is <laughs> this is from Dice Man. This is total hacker alias. The Dice Man says, "Hello, Eli and Jared. I would like to share that you two really helped me out through life. There was a time when I was really depressed and in a dark place and unemployed, but your weekly stories really gave me something to look forward to. Eli's dark and sarcastic sense of humor is like mine, and I would always laugh at his stories or misadventures, while Jared is just more positive all the time. <laughs> being, able to know, being able to know about the latest iPhone games to let me pass time also did me a great service. I also love the stories of you going back to your own past as an adult. I'm also kind of in a big nostalgia mood the past few years, and I think we are of similar ages, so I can really relate to those stories. I'm happy to say that I'm in a much better place in life, and even though we'll never meet... I want to let you both know that you really helped me personally. I am sure there were others, and I hope you can appreciate just how much you help us all. And I'm so happy that you continue to do the podcast every week, especially you, Eli, since you don't even work for Ted's Arcade anymore, <laughs> but still take time out to entertain us each and every week. Hell yeah. Thank you so much, and congratulations on making it this far. Dice Man, thank you, and I'm happy that you're doing better now. And also kind of amazed that something like our little podcast could help you through tough times. What like, if that's stuff actually like that. Andrew Dice Clay? Email I hope like. it's the real Dice Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My career was in a lull and uh, wanted to go back to uh, like it was the 80s. Um, I just, you know, people just stopped awesome. laughing at that whole face down <laughs> ass up thing and I was just in a real dark yeah. spot. I heard found the Touch mm-hmm. Arcade show. No, that's cool, dude. That's, um, um, that's awesome. Really cool story. A lot of these that people have sent in have made me tear up a little bit just because it's like, wow, really? Uh, awesome to know that our podcast means something to anybody out there, let alone a good number of you who have sent in. So very cool. We will keep doing it as long as we can. The, the Touch Arcade is uh, constantly on the razor's edge of <laughs> going away. So. <laughs> The, uh, you know what though? If it ever did, I'd be like Eli. Let's let's hook up like once a month and just bullshit for an hour and keep we just keep doing this. 
That's fine. Jack the Tuskegee podcast feed to do our own podcast of whatever we wanted. I think I still have admin on the uh i might have created the itunes store listing for the podcast so i don't think it can it can go away unless <gasps> it's I, yours I, forever maybe, i don't know i don't remember what account it's under i know i definitely still i know the touch arcade app account is under my like my personal email address so oh really my apple id yeah so i could i could in theory update i have the power to update the touch arcade app i think you know it's funny i was actually thinking because a lot of people have asked um bring back the app and a lot of people are like i'm a developer i'll rebuild it for you for free and blah 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 all this stuff which is like those are nice offers but they're also not realistic for a number of different reasons but um but it did start getting me thinking about the progressive web app movement Hmm. that's going on right now with people doing like the the cloud streaming like xbox and stuff through these web apps and i'm like damn i wonder if you could like do that with the tetracade app but i feel like even if you could a lot of the functionality with like the um, hot games list and the watch list are things that I don't know. I don't know if that could translate the same, and I don't know if you could get notifications like you could with a real app. So yeah, um, I don't know if it would still be worth it. With I just want to bring the app back. That I remember talking to Arn about just miss our like app. using if we just because you know with Apple having issues with the functionality of the app, if the app was basically just like a. Um, uh, something that just received notifications more or less that would then like just yeah. open it up in Safari, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know. It's, it's always tricky to get resources on that sort of stuff because like you kind of assume that, um, you know, Apple is going to feature stuff to, to get some, you know, get some people using it. Right. Because like that's yeah. kind of where apps get stuff from. And yeah, I don't know. You pray to the Apple gods when you release an app, and uh, they're not always kind, the Apple gods. Yeah. But anyway, um, also funny, uh, talking about Brad and a few of those emails, um, I actually went back, and I didn't finish it, but I listened to probably the first 30 minutes of our very first reboot episode, which was um, May of 2011, so it was over 10 years ago now, that uh, we actually, Brad rebooted the podcast podcast i think there was like 30 or something before that where you and arn and blake yeah. and us- usually a developer guest or something would do a podcast and i don't think there was really like a huge routine to it or anything like that it was just sort of like let's do a podcast um when brad came on board and he really wanted to do the podcast because he c- came from giant bomb and the giant bomb oh, cast Dest- destructoid and destructoid yeah i think he and, did um, uh giant bomb after touch arcade maybe i, I think remember. that was well i don't know i don't even know but Whatever the case, um, he had experience with that sort of stuff. And so he came on and was like, led the charge of like, let's do an actual show and have a structure and have it scheduled and do it every week and blah, 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 blah. Which was actually a great thing because I think before that it was just sort of like, eh, whatever. Yeah, just it's like, dude, hey, talk and record hey, it. you feel like doing a podcast? Um, let's go. Yeah. But it's very funny to listen to that first episode because um, <laughs> it's just being Brad. And uh, both of us are just like, huh? Yeah. Who's this guy? <laughs> just like off the wall energy, and um, like we lovingly uh, was described earlier, obnoxious and uh, what was it? <laughs> obnoxious and intolerable or something. Yeah. Um, um, that, that I play Warzone with Brad uh, on the regular, yeah. and I would use those words to describe him too. He he like has he wants to always drop in the dumbest spots 
and then dies <laughs> instantly. And then it's like, I hate this fucking game. Or you just die instantly. Yeah. I'm like, dude, you drop yeah. in. You insist we drop in the dumbest spots. Yeah. And of course you get shit on. <laughs> I love Brad, though. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely a trip going back and listening to that first episode. Um, yeah, Brad was a, a, a slice of energy, if anything else, if nothing else. Um, so anywho, that's all the emails. Thanks again. Feel free to send more in. We can read these whenever anyone feels the need to send in a, a memory of Touch Arcade or the podcast or the website or whatever. Just send it to podcast.toucharcade.com or holler at us through Twitter or Discord or whatever. Whatever way you know to get a hold of us. But um, email, I think, is easiest to keep track of. But uh, anywho, really, really appreciate everyone that did send in their stories and uh, had a really good response to that whole thing. So I thought that yeah. was really cool. So celebrating 500 episodes and 10 plus years of doing this little program pretty crazy um so with all that out of the way i think let's shoot through our news stories of the week and then probably call it a day right yeah sure uh also maybe I guess if, maybe hmm. if anyone's going to pax prime you can definitely run into carter there he's doing oh yeah the, pax uh, prime is happening he's doing the safety checks uh pax the, west yeah whatever it's called now <laughs> the, the safety checks of the uh, open mouth French kiss. For <laughs> yeah, he's doing temperature checks at the door for every attendant via open mouth kiss. But um, yeah, I I, uh, I cannot believe that they're, that they're like doing packs this year. Like it, I feel like everyone um, really jumped the gun with uh, planning events and stuff like that. Not really considering that, like yeah. The, Delta variant of COVID was going to go absolutely hog wild. Yeah, no, I know. I agree. It's a mess. Cause I think and, like, uh, I mean, I think if you were going to do that, you kind of have to like really stick to your guns where it's like vaccinating people only, like we can only, yeah. because you know, the, the, so what I've seen, I think Lollapalooza in Chicago did this as well, where it's like, um, uh, proof of vaccination or uh, a negative test inside of the last 72 hours or something like that. But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. even that, man, like, I think that's, I don't know. That there's a lot that can happen in 72 hours. You can open mouth kiss a lot of strangers in that amount yeah. of time. So yeah, yeah. no, I know. I just think it's a bad idea in general to do anything this year, really. Um, and uh, the funny thing is I was, I forget I was talking to, but I was like, um, the Delta's popping off, but if it, even if it gets worse, you're not going to be able to do another lockdown, right? Because I feel like the first time around, it was like, okay, we got to shut everything down. There's this crazy pandemic stuff happening, whatever. And everyone was like, oh, my God, like kind of like yeah, right. caught off guard in a way. But it was sort of like, okay, I get it. Like this is an unprecedented thing or whatever. And then we went through that for a year. And then it was like, okay, vaccines are here. And, oh, return to normal, everybody. And, like, things are opening up. And all the commercials are all like, welcome back, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And so once you've gone that, once you've, like, opened that bag, you're not putting the genie back in or whatever. You're not going to be like, okay, actually, it was a little too soon. And yeah, now there's oh, more. Yeah, we fucked up. All right. So we got to do another lockdown, everybody. Everything's shutting again. You're going to get people that are like, nope. I know. Absolutely not. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going back to that. I mean, Whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Get get the vaccine is all I can really say. Yeah, PAX, PAX is going to be interesting to watch because um, it seems yeah. like every other game event has been kind of like, oh, we're going to kind of wait and see what happens. Whereas, like, have you seen any other big game event kind of like champion? Like, nope, we're fucking doing this other than PAX. 
Not off the top of my head, but I do think there has been a few. It seems so, like even GDC hasn't really made like any big announcements for what they're doing next year or anything like that. You know, yeah. and they're usually pretty money hungry. No, GDC did announce in person slash online event for next oh, year. Did they? Okay. Yeah. Um, for next year though, like next, uh, March or whatever. So, hmm. um, I don't know if that'll actually end up happening or what, but I feel like with PAX, it's, they were sort of like, is it's all been very off the cuff anyway, cause they came out and announced it. PAX is going to be in person. Okay. Uh, we, you know, masks are required, but there's no vaccine requirements or whatever. And everyone was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this, you guys. Pax, you get sick at Pax. When yeah, like Pax not a is pandemic. notorious for getting sick. It's at a it. super spreader event of just regular disease. So, um, but then behind the scenes, they were actually working with the city and the health department and stuff in Seattle, um, getting like the confirmation of can they do vaccine requirements or whatever. Mm, okay. And so then there was like a, a few weeks later, there was a second thing that was like, okay masks and vaccine requirements or negative tests within the last 72 hours, same thing. Um, like you were saying, so now they do have those requirements, but I still feel like a, it's too hard to enforce vaccine, you know, confirmations because you just hold up any stupid piece of paper and be like, yeah, these are my vaccines. Well, so w- what's interesting is that the, um, I don't remember if Lollapalooza, a friend of mine was at some big event that did this and I guess they, um, so the company clear that company that like you Mm -hmm. can do, it's not like not TSA pre-check, but like the document check beforehand, like there's this company called clear that you can sign up and then you basically just like use their little machine and it like scans your retina or however, you know, proves your identity. And that, that takes the place of the waiting in the line for the guy to like scribble on your boarding pass. Right. So uh-huh. that same company, I guess, has repositioned themselves to do um, that <clears throat> that similar thing, but verifying that you have been vaccinated. That's cool. And I guess it takes a little while. Like, you can't just, like, yeah. flash your card at someone and they're like, okay, hey, cool, yeah, you're vaccinated. Like, I think they actually, like, check, yeah. like, the yeah. info on your card and stuff. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What's interesting to me, though, is that, like, when you um, – when you read all these dumb conspiracies about like the vaccine and the virus and all this stuff, like everyone likes pointing at like Fauci as like, Oh, this is the guy that's pulling the strings, like all this stuff. When it's like, no, if you look at like, who's actually probably going to like really, really benefit from this, it's going to be a company's mm-hmm. like clear. Right. Cause that yeah, right. is going to turn from a thing that like was extremely optional at airports. Like, you know, you, yeah. I, I got a free trial of clear for like, um, I don't know. I used it on like one trip and it was, it was fine. I mean, it like saved me maybe a couple minutes, I guess. Right. <laughs> but it wasn't, right. it wasn't like the difference of having like TSA pre-check where you get that and you're like, right. holy shit, like this rules. Walk like, through the short line. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but man, like if vaccine requirements become a thing at events and like clear is the, the dominant kind of like checker platform for that. Like, yeah. Yeah. Point your point your conspiratorial fingers at them because holy shit that right. is something else right. <laughs> but totally. but anyway, um, I guess we can talk about games now. We yeah, had, we had okay. to get our cool. one one irrelevant tangent in. Irrelevant tangent. It's never they're never irrelevant. Yeah, uh, I've come to find where am I? I well, speaking, I guess find... uh, I could do a pretty oh. good segue here. So speaking of uh, Carter doing temperature checks via open mouth kiss. Uh, you should check out <laughs> Retired Men's Nude Beach Volleyball League, which just came out. So this is um, this is a game from the guy that made Soda Drinker Pro. Do you remember that game from a few years ago? I remember the name, but I like can't Like the crazy fever the, dream, the first-person soda drinking, wacky, 
basically you did acid and and played a video game and that's what soda drinker pro is um this guy teamed up with um the guy that's the uh he's kind of like the host of the clueless gamer thing on conan hmm. um he, they uh teamed up and made this game together uh called retired men's nude beach volleyball league <laughs> and it's basically it's that it's um a volleyball game yes but it's also like a narrative story it only takes a few hours to play through or whatever, but it's kind of like um, the life behind these old people that are playing this, you know, nude beach volleyball. It's kind of like their thing, and um, but they have these whole lives behind it and these families, and um, they basically made this. It kind of sounds like it's got sort of a uh, endearing or sort of like a sentimental value to it. Um, where they hope that uh, people that play this game will actually like seek out their own grandparents or someone's you know, special in their lives and kind of like learn more about their past and get to know them. Um, so I think that's an interesting thing. It's a funny game on its surface cause it's naked people playing volleyball, but it's also like some cool narrative stuff going on too. But, uh, my main favorite thing is that the trailer is awesome and I've had it stuck in my head ever since I saw it like a week ago. And, um, anytime we talk about a funny trailer for a game, I always get to link back to 10 balls, seven cups, which I feel like is the pinnacle of funny yeah. tra- game trailers. If you never watched that, uh, you should watch the link in this story here. But and then um, all the Mad Skills motocross games have all had really good trailers too. But um, this one's just great. It comes with a whole song that's just awesome, made by some guy that's popular on TikTok, I guess. And um, yeah, everything about it's great. Watch the trailer. That's all I got to say. Um, this just launched on PC, but he tells me it is going to come to mobile sometime later. And it was published by Humble, and Humble has brought some stuff to uh, mobile in the past. So, have you um, um, have you gotten on the TikTok bandwagon yet? No, I have a I have a TikTok that every time I try to go on TikTok, it forgets my login, and then I forget how to log in, and then it's like a fight, and then I just give up. Mm. So anyway, no. The um, so I. If you want to get into weird conspiracy territory, I think that ByteDance. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. So, so TikTok is owned by a, a Chinese company, right? And that caused mm-hmm. a lot of drama during the Trump administration and all that stuff. It right. probably still continues to cause drama, but I'm just not really paying attention to the news anymore because right. I don't hate myself that much. Um, right. But um, so there was all this kind of like speculation when when that whole thing was happening, uh, where you know like uh-huh. they needed to sell it to an American company or whatever the fuck that like oh China's <laughs> doing China's using this app to do all yeah. this like surveillance or you know like whatever right, other right, dumbass right. thing. Um, I think what they're actually doing is utilizing the uh, the power of the platform to manufacture pop stars. <laughs> for real because sort of like, makes sense yeah because like when you when you think about it like they're in charge of the content algorithm right and like what makes mm-hmm. tiktok so good is that it's very 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 good based on your behavior inside the app um figuring out uh like what exactly you what you like you know because yeah. like like if you're if you're if you're viewing, I mean, like you know, if you, like for you, like if you had TikTok, you'd probably see like a skateboarding video, and and you'd sit there and like mm-hmm. watch the whole thing, and then like and maybe you get know. like like you know a, a some kind of like cross stitch video that you would just skip, right? And then it yeah. kind of like builds his profile, and it's like, oh, Jared really likes skateboarding stuff, so let's show him like you know people skateboarding like punk rock stuff like that sort of thing, and like pretty mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. 
you're just sitting there watching TikTok and it's like nothing but things that you're extremely interested in, right? <laughs> yeah. um, it doesn't sound like a good thing, but okay. But, well, well, so then to take this one step farther, though, if they want to push something on the platform, I think that they can override that algorithm and show like a specific thing to just everyone, right? So mm-hmm. the first time I noticed this was this girl called Bella Porch that, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was like, because my TikTok's like home improvement shit and, you know, like some mm-hmm. cooking stuff. And, and I would see like every once in a while, like videos just like, like girls making weird faces to music and stuff. And I was like, what the fuck is mm-hmm. this that I keep getting shown? Like, you know, I would just like skip past the video and would think that the algorithm would be like, oh, that person's clearly, clearly not interested in that. And then... Right. They they kept showing me it, but then she released like a music video for like a new like pop single that she, that she put out, and it like broke every mm-hmm. single fucking record that a, a mm-hmm. YouTube video has mm. like ever, I guess. And wow. I just like can't help but wonder if like that's the end game of TikTok is like utilizing sort of it sense. to like boost up like music and movie stuff that they then yeah. control. Like I'm really curious if. Um, and so the same thing is happening right now with, um, let me see what this, a friend of mine just sent me this cause I gave this conspiracy theory out there like, holy shit, it's happening again. So this, um, girl that, that I'm sure you, you may have seen the video. It's like the girl dressed up like a 1920s kind of person with like the feather the bow that makes the stuff salsa? that makes the salsa. So yeah, that, that video is actively going viral. It's being shown to like everyone. And she has a single coming out in like a week or two. I noticed that. I actually right? looked her up because I was like, who is this person? And she has like a YouTube and she's been, uh, she's been an artist, like a musical artist for a while. Right. So I thought it was like weird. Like, why are you all of a sudden blowing up now? But that now that you mentioned all this stuff, yeah, the chick making the salsa or the guacamole totally cracks me up. Yeah. So I think <laughs> that's what's happening. Like, I really, really think yeah. that like, but I mean, God, I mean, imagine the power of a platform like that, though. If you can just like basically yeah. just manufacture hits, like what else yeah. can you do? You know, like, I don't know. Dude. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, a good conspiracy theory and uh, probably is all innocent with pop star stuff now. But before long, it'll be like here is your new leader. Yeah. <laughs> Vote for this person. Well, that TikTok happens people. in an a episode yeah. of Black Mirror, uh, the, the Blue Bear <laughs> episode. It's basically exactly that. What hasn't ha- come true from Black Mirror, though? Yeah. Like, basically, all of the Fair episodes enough. have happened. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <clears throat> Anywho, crazy conspiracy. Well, speaking of living in hell, um, yeah. Diablo Immortal got, got pushed sp- back to 2022. <laughs> You're full of the segues today. Um, Yeah, as fun as it is to talk about Activision Blizzard games right now. uh, I think, I I wonder um, if this game wasn't ready to go and they were like, we cannot take another PR hit. Like, we're just not (laughs) releasing that Diablo mobile game. We're just pushing it back. Uh, No, I don't, I actually don't think so. But I, so Diablo Immortal's been doing basically this whole year a bunch of different, um, various levels of beta. And, um, in different regions around the world and stuff like that. And, um, I, I got to play it a couple different times as part of these betas and, uh, it's fine, but, um, they've gotten a lot of feedback from it and they actually want to make some pretty significant changes, um, to some of the systems, but also add in like controller support and some other things people have been requesting. Um, anyway, all that is to say that, uh, they want to push the game back because they want to take the time to add all this stuff in, not weird for a Blizzard game to get pushed back. Like, they're very much, it's ready when it's ready. I know if, a lot of times they don't even say a date. But if they did yeah. say a date, they're not scared to push it. Right. Um, 
That is one and thing so originally, I actually do like about Blizzard is like, <clears throat> right. I can't think of a Blizzard game that, I mean, I'm sure Blizzard critics will say otherwise, but like that has launched sure. and you're like, oh, this is like shitty and unpolished. And yeah, well, you know. it's, it's sad to think about that and then think about all the crappy games that get rushed out like Cyberpunk or whatever, which they crunched for two years and pushed it back a couple times anyway. Yeah. And it still came out and like had problems or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then you look at something like Blizzard where it's like, we don't really set many expectations, but we're just, it's ready when it's ready. I just like that uh, attitude a lot better. Yeah. Um, Within reason, not like it's ready and we'll just keep working on it forever and never release it, like like Half-Life 3 or something. But anyway, <clears throat> so uh, the original release date wasn't really very specific anyway. It was just supposed to be this year, and now it's not. Now they say they do peg down first half of 2022. So, um, you know, hopefully by summer they will actually release the, the real deal. But it sounds like they're going to keep doing these betas and stuff like that. And so um, if you sign up for that stuff, Maybe you'll be able to play it early and get in on one of the betas anyway. Um, and then also, this was announced during Activision just did their big earnings call or whatever, which is where this news came from. They also announced that they um, have a brand new Call of Duty mobile game in the works that's different than Call of Duty Mobile, I guess. It's not surprising. A, a different, I mean, yeah, not at all, because Call of Duty Mobile has been crazy popular. Yeah, but, um, up. They also announced that they've. Um, They've uh, created their own internal studio specifically to make mobile stuff. Um, Call of Duty Mobile was made with Teamy Studios. Um, this is a separate new team that they put together just to do mobile stuff that will be um, supported by two of their other internal studios, uh, Beanox and Activision Shanghai. So kind of interesting. Um, it sounds like they'll be making this new Call of Duty game, whatever it may be, but also probably more mobile stuff in the future because uh, – all the big companies now are realizing they need to be on mobile if they're not already. So, anywho, <clears throat> sucks about Diablo Immortal, but uh, we'll play it someday. Not a big deal. Um, I think we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The Slay the Spire update that has been in the works for over a year. Um, it Wait, finally launched. I got to come up with a segue for this. Oh, Slay. Uh, um, okay. Man, speaking of... Uh, how Blizzard's reputation amongst gamers has been completely slain over the last week or two. How about that <laughs> Slay the Spire update that is coming soon? Something that was a that was a segue. It was a reach, but I'll, I'll accept it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the Slay the Spire update for the mobile version has it hasn't been updated in over a year, and people have been like, "Come on." Um. So the developers make a crit. Uh, started, um, they're trying to be more transparent about the mobile version because they haven't been for a long time. So they posted on Reddit that um, they have an update ready. They've had an update ready for a while, but the cloud syncing is something that people wanted in this game so you could play yeah. on your iPad or your iPhone or yeah. whatever. Um, yeah, that, that's, uh, that does kind of suck because this is a very like progress driven game with like, you know, right. unlocks and things like that. And I also would say like if you're at home chilling, it's a better experience way playing better. something like an iPad. Yeah, way better. But if you're out and about and you just want to get some games in, it's also very playable on an iPhone. Yeah. So you'd want that progress to sync. I get it. Um, unfortunately, what they said is that all the problems they've been run into, they've had a couple updates rejected and then they've also had some major bug crashing problems. Um it all seems related to their cloud syncing. And so what they decided to do, since everyone's been waiting for an update for so long, is release the update without the cloud syncing. 
um, which is a bummer for people that wanted that, but they're going to continue to work on it and hopefully fix it and figure it out and release the cloud syncing later. But for now, this update is now available, um, brings the game up to version 2.2, which is what's out on other platforms. I think December is when they launched that 2.2 update, um, which has tons of balance changes and stuff that's all listed out in the update notes if you're curious. Um, also was supposed to have some fixes in terms of like readability and stuff like that. A lot of people were complaining that when you're playing on iPhone, things are too small and the UI is kind of confusing on how to like um, properly like read a card before actually playing it or whatever. You know, just weird little issues and stuff um, with the, the playability. Um, it doesn't seem like they've done a whole lot of changes in that regard which is kind of a bummer i think a lot of people were really hoping for some sweeping changes but yeah it is maybe better i don't know i haven't personally checked it out to compare but well i mean what just uh, sucks about this though is that like i feel like slay the spire is such a good and unique game when it was released and the the way that they're kind of treating the mobile version has allowed other people that have basically just like cloned this game to kind of just have a better a version better. Mm-hmm. which like yeah. it's it's hard I, I it's it's like such a confusing thing to kind of try to figure out how you feel about it right because like you want to be mm-hmm. like man i fucking hate it when people steal indie games and like you know turn them into free-to-play games and like you know all this stuff right. like right like right. i mean just god remember the situation with like ridiculous fishing and um yeah what was the ninja fishing yeah. i think was it ninja fish? I don't know. But yeah. I mean like that, that was a good example where it's like, Oh man, fuck these guys. Like I, I can't believe this stuff. And like, that's kind of how you want to be when someone right. steals an indie game. But like, ugh. like what? I can't even remember. So what is the slay the spire alternative? That's just kind of like, uh, night of the full moon, I think is the probably the most popular one. Um, but there's a handful of them that are all very yeah. clearly inspired by slay the spire. But I think night of the full moon was like the one where they, it feels made for mobile, which is awesome. Um, I see this one, but uh, now, well, uh, so I haven't fucked with this one. This actually looks pretty good. There's there's a free to play one mm-hmm. that I played yeah, for I a while. Uh-huh. Dungeon Tales. Oh, maybe yeah, Dungeon Tales. Um, Void Tyrant. The funny thing, I don't though, which of these ones it was, but it was like. It was like when everyone was like, oh, man, Oshley Aspire come out to mobile. It was like these guys had a really, really good alternative that has only yeah. continued to kind of get better as, yeah, right. as these guys have just kind of like, you know, floundered around, which I mean, don't get me wrong. So, I know mobile development's hard, so I'm not trying to give anyone shit, oh, but it's sure. just kind of like an oh, interesting situation. Yeah, I, I think part of their problem, too, is that Megacrit's just two people and then they made Slay the Spire. And it got, I think, more popular than anyone was expecting. And um, that's a lot to maintain just the PC version, right? Because it's just two yeah. people. Um, and then they, they port it to these other platforms. And so the mobile version was actually contracted out to a third party. And so that can bring in its own set of issues, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like working with someone else and relying on them or whatever. And so at the end of the day, the people playing the game don't really care. They're just like, give me an update, fix this thing, like whatever. But there's going to be a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes with things like that. Um, but anyway, yeah, I agree with you that I think... I don't want to say there's others have done it better, but others have scratched the itch for people that want this on mobile. And, right. and now that you've played a version that's made for mobile or several yeah. versions that just yeah. play so well and you try to go to this version, you're like, oh, really? Yeah, I, I think it's it's probably say, best to say like I haven't necessarily done a 
better, but if you like Slate Aspire, there's a lot of mobile games that are very good that you'll also enjoy. Think, yeah, and like know. the problem with, with the real deal Slate Aspire is like it's still a good game and it's still totally fine. You can play it fine, like whatever, and you mm-hmm. get used to its quirks is what I would say. But should you have to get used to its quirks or should it be designed right. for somebody that's playing on right. mobile and do the things you would expect it to do like those other games do or whatever? I think it's unreasonable to think they should just rebuild Slate Aspire from the ground up for mobile. If there's ever like a sequel do that right like from the beginning think okay this is going to be on mobile let's build it with that in mind with like scalable uis and stuff like that but um whatever the whatever the case if you want real deal slay the spire the mobile version is fine but um it would be cool to see them continue to do things it sounds like from their communications they do want to be more active with updating it though so at least this is step one it's the first update that's released for in over a year so um Step in the right direction, but still not quite there, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of stepping in the right direction, you uh, um, need you to kind of do it in a time in a timely manner, which uh, might involve looking at your wristwatch. Speaking of clockwork Aquario on the Switch, I don't know. <laughs> none I don't of that worked. No, I was also yeah. kind of like <laughs> thinking about like a. Fetch me a switch so I can. No, you probably shouldn't. But that also <laughs> didn't. Uh... Uh, yeah, your segues got progressively worse through all these stories. Wow. I just want you to know. Whatever. Hey, honest feedback. Hey, you know, uh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. <laughs> so the uh, last thing I wanted to highlight this week is that Sean did an interview. Surprisingly, I don't know. How, does he know this guy or something? Um, Ryuichi Nishizawa, who. Um, was one of the main people who started, uh, I've always, I don't know how to pronounce it properly. I say West one, but I don't know if that's actually true. I'm not sure I've ever heard anyone pronounce it. It could be we stone. We stone. It could be West stone. West stone. I always said West one. Um, but yeah, looking into it, it Italian, actually, like an Italian accent for Westone. Westone. Uh, I actually like that best. Um, Looking into this further, I never knew. <laughs> they'll, this. they'll email us and be like, "Oh, fine. Like you guys are the first you people, the first that people have ever pronounce right. our name." <laughs> yeah. So um, these guys have been making. They started in the '80s and have made a bunch of games, but most significantly, they're the people that created the uh, Wonder Boy um, series. And so, um, yeah, I, I learned later that I didn't know this before. West One, or however you pronounce it, um, is actually a combination of bo- the two co-founders' last names. Um, Nishizawa, Nishi actually means West. And, uh, the other guy is Michishito Ishizuka. I'm probably butchering that. Sean's going to kill me. Um, Ishi means stone. So essentially West and stone, uh, combined into one word. So that leads me to believe that maybe it's actually West stone, but I always have said West one. Anywho, um, Sean was able to, uh, interview, uh, Nishizawa, one of the co-founders of the original company. Um, the company, it, it should be said, has since gone under and gone away. Um, but a couple years ago on Twitter, somebody found... So they had been working on this arcade game that basically got like 99% there and then got canceled at the last minute and got shelved. And then it was kind of lost forever. And somebody like online found footage of it or something and started talking about it. And it, it sort of went viral that way. And then um, this got back to Nishizawa, who was like, oh, man, I forgot about the game. I actually have the source code on a hard drive somewhere. Went and dug it up, found the source code. Um, 
And then uh, Strictly Limited Games like saw it and was like, dude, let's finish this game and release it. We'll help you. And so like through this weird, strange circumstances of like the internet existing, basically like this sort of thing would have never happened had the internet not been the way it is with like Twitter and stuff like that. Um, this game now is getting completed and released like 25 years after it got canceled or whatever. Um, and so the game is clockwork Aquario and, um, it's a really colorful, like a platforming game sort of, I think it was originally designed to be like multiplayer centric, um, with different playable characters and stuff. But all the footage I've ever seen of this just looks awesome. I actually embedded the most recent trailer for it um, in this story. But um, worth checking out, especially if you like maybe like Neo Geo era arcade game, like pixel art. Um, very colorful, very good animations, all that stuff. It just looks like a game I want to play. And I think it's rad, this whole story about it coming around and getting finished and being released after being canceled. Just sort of this crazy sort of thing. Um, so anyway, check out this interview. It's an interesting interview anyway. Um, but also I'm just excited for this clockwork Aquario, which should be launching on switch. I think it's PlayStation and switch and maybe PC, um, sometime this year, no specific release date. Um, check out the trailer for it too. If you haven't before, just a really cool story worth looking into more. If this sort of thing interests you, um, Oh, what did I just do? I, I just did something on WordPress that was, I purged this page. Do you know what that does? Uh, it sounds like someone's been purged. Like the movie, the purge. The movie, the purge. Well, you just, uh, you just click the I button. I hope that story's now, still there. In Arn's <laughs> house, his, uh, ar- his, his armored window coverings are, are going down and all the lights are going off. Be ready for the purge. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. The interview's still there. I don't know what I purged, but anyway. Um, check out that interview. And that's all I had to talk about this week. What do you think about that? How do you segue into the, us closing the episode? Um, hmm. I need a minute to think about that. Oh, I, I have, um, I have a, actually have a test flight, um, beta for the game that I'm working on. If anyone wants to oh, yeah, let's, give it let's a, give it a look, um, you can just hit me up on really any way you want to contact me and hit me up in the touch discord or send me, shoot me a tweet on Twitter. Send me an email, ELI at HOD.app. I don't, I don't care. Uh, His vanity a, URL. Yeah. A, uh, <clears throat> it's a Nickelodeon cart racer game. So I'm kind of curious what, uh, what people think about it. Yeah. I've been I, uh, working I'll on making it more fun. And, uh, yeah, I just have I played this weekend and, uh, we can talk about it next week. Yeah, I just have a little Google form that I put up that's basically just like, hey, what'd you think about it kind of stuff that would be useful to help me win arguments to make the game more fun. Be like, make it not a baby game on mobile. Yeah, make it not a baby game for dumb idiots. Have you thought about doing yeah. that? <laughs> okay, cool. Do you want me to leave a link for the test flight in the uh, podcast? No, because I don't want to get too many inviting people. too much. I don't know. Okay. I It's probably better if people... So this will be a secret thing for listeners to listen to the end people uh i'd rather just like set like have some kind of dialogue with people so they're not just like downloading the game and then you know deleting it or whatever i'd I'd, like just really want feedback on it there's also a weird world of embedding links in any story on the internet ever where you're inviting yourself to get botted (laughs) by something that will (laughs) find a test flight link and add it to something somewhere for all the people that play all the betas. Yeah. Um, 
So that's cool. Nickelodeon Kart Racers. Is that what it's called? Yeah, it's actually out if you're in uh, Sweden, uh, Denmark, Norway, Malaysia. I think it's available on soft launch, but... All the good countries. If you want to to play the test flight and see what I've been So you get free healthcare and you can play this game. Yeah, really all the best things. What else do you need? Dope. (laughs) Okay, that's cool. I'll check that out too and we can talk about it a little more next week. Um, So yeah, with all that, thanks again to everyone that sent their memories in. And feel free to keep sending them in if you want or send us any other whatever's on your mind, really, just to say hi if you want. Uh, Shoot us an email at podcast at tetracade.com. Um, and as always, Tetracade is primarily supported through our Patreon. Uh, so if you like what we do and want to see us continue doing it, please check out patreon.com forward slash Tetracade and uh, consider throwing a little support our way if you aren't already. I have a feeling most people listening to this show already do. And so thank you very much for that. Um, also, you can help us out by doing your Amazon shopping through tetracade.com forward slash Amazon. Um, and with all that, thanks again for listening. We'll be back with another episode of the Tetra Cade show next week. See ya.